I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Well, if it's illegal to call it the China virus, what the hell am I supposed to call the China virus? It's high noon for Wednesday, January 27th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. Or join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. And if you want a beautiful t-shirt that says I survived COVID with a nice big hammer and sickle as the CN COVID, just get in touch with me on Telegram and I'll send you one. They're 20 bucks plus five bucks shipping. And they are just lovely. Very comfortable, I might add. Today is the seventh full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake President Joe Biden, who is fully compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, a literal national security threat, and wholly unable to carry out the duties of his office. So Joe Biden has released a directive that says that no federal agency or anything from the federal government is allowed to call the China virus the China virus. And that's good because it's very racist to call the virus that came from China the China virus. Just like it's very racist to say Spanish flu. And it's also very good because if the entire United States is calling it the China virus, that might be bad for Joe Biden's business of taking a lot of money from China and doing whatever they say. So thanks, Joe. Thanks for protecting the Chinese Communist Party's investment in you. And protecting zero people from racism. Another big win. Now, Bloomberg is reporting that because we know the PCR tests are actually terrible and turn up false positives almost all the time because we've been using a completely ineffectual cycle threshold for the tests. Well, now we need another test. And so what did the great communist geniuses in China decide is the proper next move? Well, anal swabs. That's right. Anal swabs. So, Doc, you're telling me I don't have COVID? Well, did you check my asshole? Because I might have COVID in there. And... It's good to check there because that's where Anthony Fauci gets all of his recommendations. So there could be COVID in there. 
Now, this is probably a lot like what China showed us last year when their citizens were just dropping dead in the streets, according to the videos they made and showed us. They like to go big on their propaganda so that they can then scale back. They'll start with the anal swab and then who knows? What about all those people that have to get tested for COVID for work? Or now the Biden administration is talking about ordering mandatory COVID tests for every domestic flight. So we'll just walk into the airport, punch in our information on the little screen. It spits out a boarding pass. And then a little arm reaches right out of the the check-in machine. Says, please turn around and expose your asshole. And then it just, the little arm just sticks a COVID test (laughs) right in there. Pulls it out, says, hey, you're good to go. But you're going to need to wear three masks until you get on the plane. I feel like I remember a time where being prodded in your naughty parts was considered a no-go. I remember the abortion lobby making that exact argument. But I guess it's okay now because... If you don't allow the government to stick things in your anus, then you're killing grandma. And you don't want to be that kind of murderer, do you? So let us swab your anus. Every day. Just to make sure that you aren't going to somehow expose your asshole to someone's grandmother, thereby killing them immediately. Of course, so far, the only grandparents who have died as a result of being exposed to an asshole are the ones in nursing homes in states like New York, where they had to live under the COVID policies of Andrew Cuomo. But I think the important part here is that we can all agree that the scientific advancement in the last year on the China virus is amazing. They figured out that the tests that they've used millions and millions and millions and millions of times to try to scare the shit out of everybody. Oops, that wasn't even a pun. Doesn't work. And so their next idea is, hey, just stick it up their ass. Thanks, science. And speaking of people who want to just stick it up your ass forever, boom, amazing segue. We have the Davos set. They've released a new video about how great the Great Reset is. It's on YouTube. It's called What is the Great Reset? It's like five minutes long, and it's got like really cool graphics, all the kinds of stuff that communists would want to share on their Instagrams, showing that like 
Everybody just needs to come together so we can figure all this out because everything's so complicated. And the video is based around ideas like it was the status quo that got us here. And this is, you know, everything there is focused on the pandemic, right? They're using the pandemic to institute all these policies. And at the same time, they're saying that the status quo is what got us here. Well, I've been led to believe that Trump was the opposite of the status quo. In fact, that's why they were always so mad at him, because he was shaking up the system that they've been putting in place for so long. And the pandemic wasn't the status quo either. So it seems really, really weird to say that the status quo was the problem when clearly they're also saying that the pandemic is the problem and that Trump is the problem. But sure, the the status quo is is the real problem. The video actually says that capitalism is dead. And what we need, of course, is whatever the opposite of capitalism is. But don't worry, because the video tells us very clearly that everyone is going to be involved in the decision-making. And by everyone, they mean all the people who agree with them and then don't do anything, and definitely not any of the people who would give Trump two election wins out of two tries. Those people will not be involved in the decision-making. In fact, we are going to censor them in any way we can. And today they've actually arrested a memer. A memer. Someone who makes memes. A political influencer, you could even call this person. The FBI went and arrested a memer for election influence in 2016. And in this Great Reset video, they actually do something that is interesting and clever, and it can occasionally be a good writing trick, where if something seems preposterous, you have the characters actually address the preposterousness of it, and it kind of deflates it for the reader or the viewer. A great example of that was in um, the movie Looper, where it's this scene in a diner and it's uh, Bruce Willis and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They're talking about time travel and they basically say, yeah, well, no one understands it. And they just move on. It kind of just deflates your objection to it. Because you're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Okay, I'm just going to go on the ride. No one understands it. All good. Which, that's basically what liberals do with every issue imaginable. So this Great Reset video, they actually talk about how people think that this top-down control over everyone's lives sounds like a scary conspiracy. But what it really is, is just everyone making the decision. Not you, but everyone. They have already figured out what everyone wants. And so that's what they're going to give us. And if we don't want it, well, too bad, because that's what they've decided everyone wants.
And of course, they're being inclusive, so they can't be accused of not being inclusive to alternate viewpoints. I mean, they have transgender people helping to make the decision. So obviously they've accounted for everyone. And the problem, if you're not into that theory, is that you lack trust and faith in your fellow Americans or fellow citizens of the world, of course, because this isn't just about America. It can never be just about America. You have to know and accept that America is actually not a shining city on the hill, and it's not an exceptional country. In fact, it was just a grand experiment in racism, which we must now end because everyone decided it, including people that aren't American. The video is genuinely deranged. I honestly suggest everyone watch it. It's actually impressive that they are self-aware enough to put out a video that is just them trying to say over and over again, we're not evil, we promise. We not, we're not evil, we promise. As if that's never been tried before in history by evil people. So this morning, the Department of Homeland Security released a statement from the National Terrorism Advisory System, a bulletin about how there's now an extreme threat of domestic terrorism in the United States. And of course, it's Trump supporters, like always. The statement reads, the acting secretary of Homeland Security has issued a national terrorism advisory system bulletin due to a heightened threat environment across the United States, which DHS believes will persist in the weeks following the successful presidential inauguration. Information suggests that some ideologically motivated violent extremists with objections to the exercise of governmental authority and the presidential transition, as well as other perceived grievances fueled by false narratives, could continue to mobilize to incite or commit violence. And now this this warning is in effect from today until April 30th. So for the next three months plus, we are under this warning of imminent danger from people who have objections to the exercise of governmental authority and the presidential transition. That's madness. How long, by the way, have we been told about the threat of Violent white extremism, white nationalism, the violence from Trump supporters. They've tried to play this up for almost a year now. They are still trying to blame the rioting in Seattle and Portland on Trump supporters. It's Antifa. It's no one else but Antifa and Black Lives Matter. That's who's doing it. That's who's been doing it the whole time. It's nice to look back on the debate where Chris Wallace and Joe Biden teamed up to try to get Donald Trump to say that the Proud Boys 
should stand down if he were to lose. And he said, stand back and stand by instead of stand down. And that was meant to be taken as as a coded message to the Proud Boys that they just have to be ready for anything the moment Trump calls on them. Well, where are they? Is Trump just biding his time, allowing them to accumulate resources and fortify their their posts? They're planted everywhere all around the nation, just ready to activate like Voltron. Just give them give them the word. Send the Proud Boys in. Yeah, that's not what's happening. No Trump supporters rioted after November 3rd. No Trump supporters rioted after November 7th. And they haven't done it since. Even the fucking thing at the Capitol was Antifa. John Sullivan. Look them up, commies. It's unbelievable that they keep falling for this nonsense. And the, the worst part is they cheer it on. They're like, yes, please take more civil liberties away from everyone because I'm scared of a group that literally I've never seen before. And check this out. Today, Reuters reported that the leader of the Proud Boys Enrique Tario has actually been an FBI informant for the last nine years. Really? So the guy that's leading the Proud Boys is an FBI asset. Well, that's just perfect, isn't it? Thank goodness we know we have the FBI on the case and potentially even running the Proud Boys. Now, If the DHS put out this advisory bulletin about the FBI, I would be all for it. The FBI has presented threats to Homeland Security for years. And here's an example. Another segue. Yes. Today in Just the News, John Solomon The article is called Obstruction Boomerang. FBI knew DOJ was preparing to fire Comey long before Trump ordered it. Newly declassified FBI memos provide startling new details that undercut the frenzied 2017 effort to investigate Donald Trump for obstruction, revealing the FBI knew Director James Comey's firing had been conceived by Justice Department leadership long before the president pulled the trigger during a key moment in the Russia probe. The memos written in May 2017 by acting director Andrew McCabe and a lieutenant also provide contemporaneous proof for some of the more jaw-dropping lore of the now discredited Russian collusion scandal. For instance, the memos directly state that then-Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein offered to wear a wire to secretly record Trump in the Oval Office and that Rosenstein also wanted to seek Comey's advice after his termination on a possible Russia special counsel. The Bureau nixed both ideas, the memos show. The documents declassified by Trump during his final 24 hours in office also provide a tantalizing list of names the Trump administration considered for FBI director, including former Democratic Senator Joe Lieberman, ex-director and eventual Russia special counsel Robert Mueller, and retired General John Kelly. 
Eventually, Trump settled on former prosecutor Chris Wray for the job. But the memo's most explosive revelations chronicle the decision by McCabe in his early days on the job to open a formal investigation of Trump on the grounds that Comey's firing may have been an act of obstruction of justice designed to thwart the Russia probe. The notes show McCabe informed Rosenstein during a May 16th, 2017 meeting, one of their first after Comey was fired and McCabe became acting director, that he had opened the obstruction probe. I explained that the purpose of the investigation was to investigate allegations of possible collusion between the president and the Russian government, possible obstruction of justice related to the firing of FBI director James Comey and possible conspiracy to obstruct justice. McCabe wrote in typewritten notes of the meeting. One of McCabe's lieutenants who also attended the meeting, then bureau attorney Lisa Page, took her own notes, observing that Rosenstein's expressed outrage over Comey's firing seemed odd since Rosenstein had revealed to FBI officials he and then Attorney General Jeff Sessions had been contemplating it since January 2017. That's four or five months earlier. This was a strange comment, Page wrote, because it was my understanding that the DAG had previously in indicated that he and AG Sessions had been discussing firing Director Comey since January. But given the nature of the conversation, there was no room for follow up. McCabe's own notes from the May 16th, 2017 meeting don't mention that Rosenstein had been discussing firing Comey since January. But five days later, in a new meeting, McCabe quoted Rosenstein as confirming the termination had been in the works for months and was not really driven by the Russia probe. We return to our discussion from the morning meeting about the DAG's memo on the firing of Director Cuomo, McCabe wrote on May 21st, 2017. The DAG stated that based on conversations he had had with the AG as early as January 2017, he knew Director Comey was going to get fired. The FBI memo, memos also show Rosenstein believed the memo firing Comey did not need to mention the Russia probe, even after Trump suggested it be added, since it had been under consideration long before. The DAG said to the president he did not think this was a good idea and that his memo did not need to include Russia, one of McCabe's memos stated. The president replied that he understood, but that he was asking the DAG to include Russia anyway. McCabe's notes track closely with his testimony to the Senate last year. Rosenstein did not return a call Tuesday to his law office seeking comment. But in past Senate testimony, Rosenstein acknowledged that he and Sessions wanted to fire Comey as early as January 2017. The FBI memos, however, show for the first time that McCabe and other bureau leaders knew it, even as they opened an instruction an obstruction probe predicated on the termination. The revelation undercuts the obstruction case McCabe opened, experts told Just the News. Most supervisors I know wouldn't open that case with such stunning exculpatory information, said Jeffrey Danik, a decorated 28-year veteran FBI supervisory agent who retired in 2015. It's more than flawed. It is its own standalone abuse, Danik added. You have exculpatory information and you are ignoring it. 
The newly declassified FBI memos also contain many other revelations. For instance, McCabe's testimony to Congress that Rosenstein offered to surreptitiously record Trump is supported by his contemporaneous May 16th, 2017 memo. As our conversation continued, the DAG proposed that he could potentially wear a recording device into the Oval Office to collect additional evidence on the president's true intentions, McCabe wrote. He said he thought this might be possible because he was not searched when he entered the White House. I told him that I would discuss the opportunity with my investigative team and get back to him. Another memo recounts a call McCabe got from Rosenstein seeking a secret conversation with Comey after he had been fired. On Sunday, May 14th, 2017, at approximately 10 a.m., the DAG called me on my cell phone, McCabe wrote. Using coded language, he asked me if I had the opportunity to speak to Director Comey. He would be very interested to hear what the director thought about the special counsel issue. I told him I would consider it. I convened a call with FBI counsel James Baker, chief of staff James Rybicki, and bureau lawyer Lisa Page to discuss whether or not I should seek Director Comey's opinion on the special counsel, McCabe added. We all concluded that I should not, and that in light of the fact that he was no longer an FBI employee, it would be inappropriate to continue discussing investigative issues with him. Now, all of that is exactly the opposite of what we were told by the media, by Democrats, especially by guys like Adam Schiff, and basically by everyone repeating the central narrative throughout this entire time. James Comey was said to be fired, said to have been fired by Trump specifically to obstruct the investigation into Russian collusion. But that wasn't it at all. The Department of Justice already wanted to fire James Comey before Trump had even taken office or as Trump was taking office might be more accurate. And it's actually Trump that wanted the Russia issue included in the Rod Rosenstein memo. But that would be inappropriate. And why would it be inappropriate? Well, because they had already decided to fire Comey months earlier. These people are so incredibly corrupt. It actually blows my mind again and again and again. And you all should pay attention to just the news and John Solomon because they do excellent work. And Solomon has been better than probably anyone in the media at following the Russia gate hoax, all of the stuff with Flynn, the impeachment, all this FBI corruption, and then all of the recent declassifications as well. Uh, he's kind of going through them all over time to get all that information out there in a narrative form that people can kind of grasp because a lot of people don't have the time or the energy or the reference points to be able to just simply read declassified documents and figure out what the hell is going on. So John Solomon is a great resource for that. The idea that we spent literally years investigating not only the Russia stuff, which the FBI and the CIA knew 
came from Hillary Clinton, and that as well is in the declassified documents. Those actual people writing about the actual situation, all of it was known. They went ahead, investigated Trump Russia anyway, put the sitting president of the United States under this investigation threat and distraction for years and then opened an obstruction investigation, that's McCabe, all on premises they knew to be false at the time. That is who these people are. That is a crime of magnificent proportions that harms the U.S. in every way imaginable. They were undermining the, the sitting president of the United States of America and using their positions as quote-unquote, patriots, to justify it. Oh, well, the FBI and the CIA, why are you besmirching all the good people of the FBI and the CIA? They would never do anything like that. These are committed career public servants. That is what we are always told whenever corruption is exposed. How are you going to say that about them? Well, it's because they did the thing. It says it right there in all the documents. It says it in their own handwriting, in their own words. These are proven liars. And it's not just like a liar on television like Chris Cuomo. And it's not even just lying on television like Adam Schiff. It's lying in a formal environment where you actually have the power to directly affect events. These people are deranged. And so here's another article that I saw just the other day. It's by Eli Lake writing for the Daily Beast when the Daily Beast used to be less of a communist rag I mean, maybe I was just wrong and thought too much of it even at the time, but they didn't have Molly Jong fast on there just repeatedly losing her mind every day. So I feel like it has to be better. But this is Eli Lake from June 10th, 2013. And then this article was, for some reason, updated on July 11th of 2017. Over four years later, they posted an update on this article. But here's the headline. Inside the Q group, the directorate hunting down Edward Snowden. And the subheadline or little summary, you know, whatever they call that thing that they do on the Internet now to make you think that you've read the whole story, even when you haven't. It says the top secret Q group has been chasing Edward Snowden since he disappeared in May. Eli Lake on the Intel community's internal police and why the agency is in complete freakout mode. So third paragraph, I'm just going to skip down because this is only for the broad point. You can read the article yourself if you like. But the people who began chasing Snowden work for the Associate Directorate for Security and Counterintelligence, according to former U.S. intelligence officers who spoke on condition of anonymity. The directorate, sometimes known as the Q Group, is continuing to track Snowden now that he's outed himself as the guardian source, according to the intelligence officers. And then it just goes on about Snowden. Read it if you like. 
But the point here is that they are directly talking about the NSA and who was director of the Defense Intelligence Agency at that time? Well, none other than Michael Flynn. So what we have here is the Daily Beast in 2013 speaking specifically about the real existence of the Q group. Okay. Now, do you think that this might be the same Q group that gets talked about so much right now? It is. It is the exact same entity. Now, you got to say, and this part is true, there is no way of directly knowing in a way that would please the commies that the Q posting on the anonymous message boards is in any way directly related to this Q group. But if Q is real, this is exactly what it's said to be. People in and around the intelligence community and military communicating to the public for the purpose of building an army of digital soldiers who are able to communicate real information to the masses. That is what Q is believed to be. Here is direct proof in 2013 from a writer who people respect, Eli Lake, talking about the Q group. So it wasn't a conspiracy in 2013. It became a conspiracy after Q on the message boards started talking to the public in late 2017. I feel like it might be fun if you all shared this Daily Beast article with your communist friends, the ones who are very, very worried about QAnon, not a real thing, and ask them, hey, how come Q wasn't a conspiracy in 2013, according to the Daily Beast? I wonder how long it would take for this Daily Beast article to be completely memory hold and taken down from the Internet. I have a feeling that would happen pretty fast. If this article got shared widely, because this is the sort of thing that makes the media now look and sound absolutely ridiculous. And again, these people are so incompetent. If they wanted people not to take the Q thing seriously, they should have simply ignored it. Instead, they talk about it all the time, which means that people's interest in it is already peaked, whether they think it's terrible or fantastic. They're definitely interested in it. They're familiar with the idea. Show them this article. They realize, oh, Q is a real thing. And then what? Again, I'm not saying that I know that that same Q group is the one represented as Q on the anonymous message boards. I can't say that because I don't know that. But what's being referred to now as Q is exactly the same entity that's being referred to in this 2013 article. So think about that one for a while, commies. You can take all of it 
and give yourself a new COVID exam with it. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is also a little blast from the past, but someone sent it around yesterday. I guess it was uh, on Instagram and people can't believe it. It's basically this uh, little piece from CNN in 2013 where Dana Bash goes and visits the real life, quote unquote, alpha house where Chuck Schumer and Dick Durbin and some other various roommates live in Washington, D.C. It is that she she goes on a tour with them of this awful house that is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Like I was literally in a fraternity and lived in an actual fraternity house for a little while. And that house was absolutely never as disgusting as where the Democratic leadership was living. Maybe still lives. I don't know. Uh, You can actually find this article in the video for yourself. Uh, CNN, Dana Bash, December 4th, 2013, the real alpha house. Yes, this is where some senators actually live. But this place is utterly disgusting. And watch this video. See the squalor that these Democratic leaders lived in and understand that these people are standing there in the Senate telling other people what to do and what they should do and how they should feel morally about situations they don't understand. It is absolutely mind-blowing that politicians can hold such utter contempt for normal American citizens while at the same time living like homeless people by choice. These people are deranged. I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden, I mean, we all know it. He's never going to be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. 
or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!